welcome back to another episode of Cuatro Cuatro Dos. Once again, I am your boy Christian. Uh, today we're going to be dividing the episode into a two-parter, um, like in two two short parts. Uh, the first one being we'll talk a little bit about the MLS and everything that's going on. Um, and then the second one, we'll just talk about what has basically happened uh, today, uh, which is November, what, 25th, and basically um, what has made the world completely stop and just kind of uh, honor one man. Uh, but let's talk about the MLS uh, before we get to that. Uh, so these playoffs... Matches have been going crazy. Um, if you've been watching at all, uh, we have had a whole bunch of um, extra time matches, a whole bunch of penalties, uh, you know, taken, and they've been pretty, pretty interesting, pretty, like, pretty good. Um, the first couple games were uh, playing around, uh, like a wild card type thing, whatever, uh, as they say in football, and then. Um, we had New England beat Montreal, um, and then we had Nashville beat Miami in a overwhelming fashion, um, like soccer-wise, right? And I don't think, I can't remember the scores or not, I, should, I probably should have wrote them down. Let me see if I can look them up right now while we're doing this. Um, but the other one was New England-Montreal, which was a very tight game uh and it came and it all basically all came down to a uh goal in the last minute by Gustavo Bo La Pantera to give New England that edge and then that put New England through to go play against Philadelphia um who Philadelphia you know everybody was like you know number one seed in the east um let me see let me just go to MLSsoccer.com um, number one East, uh, Supporter Shield, the whole shebang, and um, actually um, New England ended up beating uh, Philadelphia, which has been a surprise to everybody, to say the least, uh, not because of New England, but because of Philadelphia losing, basically. You know, Philadelphia was playing at home, uh, home field advantage, um, I guess you can say like sports advantage in a way, because they've been playing, you know, really, really well. And then in the other uh, playoff match in that same bracket, you had Orlando NYFC, NYCFC, which uh, probably created the um, the most ridiculous moment of, well, I don't know if we can say of 2020, but they created the weirdest uh, PK shootout probably in the history of PK shootouts because they decided not only, um, well, they didn't decide, but, you know, I think everybody's already aware of what happened, what went on. Uh, goalie Gallese, I think it is, uh, got two yellows um, and got, you know, thrown out of the game, basically. And then after that... Orlando try to be sneaky. I'm. I think, uh, because I think. I mean, shit. Me sitting in my house, looking at the game or watching the game, I knew that you can't bring anybody in after the game is over. Like you can't do any more substitutions. That that's why you do substitutions for penalties. You know, right before you end the game. So you know, whoever you want to shoot a penalty is inside the field already, right? Um, 
but these dudes they tried to bring in the you know the reserve goalie the you know the second goalie that they have in the bench of course they weren't able to do that but it took the referee a couple of minutes uh, to kind of figure that out even though he is a professional referee that gets paid to be a referee uh, and then nobody mentioned anything to him until the the player was already about to kick the ball so that was a fuck show and does a shit show right there um orlando then goes and misses that fifth penalty with nani and then they have a player going shago i believe the argentine and uh, he kind of becomes the hero of this game so it's going to be interesting to see orlando uh going against a new england revolution that you know just beat um be Montreal in a 3-2 nil bit biter. Uh, and then beat Philadelphia 2-0 comfortably comfortably. Uh, the number one seed and it just kind of surprised everybody, you know, took everybody by surprise. And and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Orlando because they have been playing pretty good soccer. So it's gonna be interesting to see in that side of the bracket. The other side or the the other bracket on the east, um, it was Columbus, New York Red Bulls. And Columbus um, took on, let me just double check the score. I know, I know Columbus won, but yeah, Columbus won 3-2. Uh, it was kind of close, but not really. Um, <coughs> I mean, even though the score was 3-2, Columbus had a better uh, game than New York Red Bulls. New York Red Bulls uh, just had, you know, a couple of goals by 17-year-old kid and then the other one by who, God knows who, I can't remember. Too many games, too many goals. And then Toronto also uh, being getting knocked out. The number two seed in the East getting beat by Nashville, who earlier had been Miami to be able to get in into this uh, playoff brackets. And then Nashville went in and just kind of dominated, even though it was a 1-0 game, kind of dominated Toronto a little bit. Um, the defense had a really good game. They were able to get another shutout. Um and I mean, they've been just killing. Wouldn't be surprised if Nashville goes all the way. Uh, you know, they have Columbus next, and then the winner of New England and Orlando. So that's going to be interesting. But I wouldn't be surprised if Nashville makes it to the Eastern Conference final. And who knows if they keep with that momentum, uh, make it into the finals. But it's going to be interesting to see uh, because they're going against a really good Columbus. But Nashville has a really, really good team. Uh, that number 10 that they have, that goal that they scored, fucking beast. I mean, the way that he just went through three players, like if it was nothing, I mean, and they, they did get three goals not counted because they were offsides, and, and they were kind of close offsides. So it wasn't like, you know, it was like extremely offs, offs, offsides, you know? Um, so they could have had a chance to to possibly, you know, if it wasn't for those close offsides, to be a 4-0 lead. Um, but that's going to be interesting. Columbus, uh, Nashville is going to be a really good game. That's actually going to be played on the 29th. Uh, and then Orlando, New England is also going to be playing on the 29th. So they're both going to be played on the same day. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, what day is the 29th? I don't even know. I think it's like Monday. Uh, Monday or Sunday. And one of them is going to be at 2 p.m. And then the other one is going to be at 7 p.m. So if you can watch them, those are really going to be really good games. Especially the Columbus-Nashville. I I think the MLS champion will probably come out of there. But 
before we go any farther, um, Seattle went, went uh, well, they didn't win. They were at home, but they received, um, they hosted LAFC, who they whooped. Um, I was watching kind of portions. Of, I mean, I had the game on, but honestly, I had been watching soccer all day, so I was kind of tired of watching. I know, it's kind of sin. But, you know, when you have a team that is kind of overwhelmingly beating another team, you know, I kind of had it in the background. So I was watching it while I was, like, on my phone and stuff. Um, but Seattle dominated uh, LAFC with those three up top, Morris, Ruiz Diaz, and... Um, what is his name? Lodeiro, ex Boca. Um, they dominated LAFC. They make LAFC look like a freaking Houston Dynamo team. I mean, you know, the bad Houston Dynamo teams. Um, and then Seattle is actually going to be who I thought, you know, they. I think they're actually going to be going all the way to the final and might be winning it as well. It was a big chance for that. I mean, they looked very, very strong. Uh, and then the other side of that bracket uh, or who they're going against Seattle is actually uh, FC Frisco that unfortunately um, they were able to beat Portland Portland I think let their guard down after they scored that 1-0 in the 80th I think it was 81st minute and then uh, Frisco came back and scored in the 94th minute or something like that this might sound like some uh, blasphemous thing that I'm going to say right now, <clears throat> but I think uh, well, Frisco got lucky first of all. Dallas got lucky. I mean, let's just say that they were getting dominated most of the game, but I think they showed great balls, great resilience. And I hate talking good about Dallas, but I mean, you have to, you know, Rio has to recognize Rio basically, and you have to give it to Frisco that they fought. Till the last minute. I mean, I don't think they're gonna go far with Seattle. Honestly, I don't think Portland is Seattle. Um, I don't think Seattle is gonna let their guard down. Um, but it's gonna be an interesting game to see Frisco and Seattle go at it. Um, so they're they're gonna be flying up there on that first of uh, December. They're gonna be playing at 8:30 p.m. Um, and then on the other side of the bracket, or the west bracket. Uh, SKC had a really tough game with San Jose, uh, winning 1-0, went down 2-1, then tied up 2-2, and then minute 90, uh, win it 3-2, and then minute 90, 4-95, Wondolowski, the legend, the great Wondolowski, uh, ties up the game to go to penalties, and then, um, what's his name? I forgot the goalie's name, but the goalie's name is a freaking wall. Uh, blocked three penalties in a row, and there was and that was enough for SKC to move on. Um, also, Busio, heck of a player. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if we don't have Busio in in the uh, in the men's national team, if we don't have Morris from Seattle in the men's national team. Um, should I? I even thought about throwing uh, Jenny Russell until I remembered he was uh, from Ireland. I think uh, they just had they were playing really really good soccer. San Jose just had the the willpower to come back and you know tie it up. I mean, when you have like players like Wondolowski, I mean you you can never give yourself uh, you know you can never count yourself out till the last minute basically. And then the other one was Minnesota Colorado. That was probably one of the I mean, kind of boring, not boring games, but 
it was the ones that you can tell who was the better team, right? Minnesota beat Colorado 3-0. Uh, so they're going to be uh, flying up to SKC. Uh, and then on the other side, like I said, Seattle is it's hosting uh, Frisco. So it's going to be interesting. I think uh, Minnesota SKC is going to be a heck of a game. They're both really strong teams that we have played. The Houston Dynamo has played uh, both of them. I think we played both of them. Uh, at least SKC we played four times. Minnesota we might have played them three times. Uh, they both have really good players. Uh, Minnesota with uh, with his Argentinian kid that I forgot his name now, but ex Boca as well. Um, and then SKC, you know, with Busio, uh, Gerso, and Johnny Russell and uh, Ginda Kinda. Uh, I mean, they have their these teams are pretty stacked, so it's going to be interesting to see. And then you know, just have their Frisco trying to compete with the big boys, basically. Um, but these. Semifinals are looking pretty, pretty hot. Um, it's going to be cool to see who's going to make it all the way to the MLS uh, Cup. Um, so it's going to be it's gonna be awesome. I mean, I have Columbus winning. But then, to be honest, nowadays, I think Seattle is really, really strong. And then also, I think um, Nashville is it's, it's a really, really good momentum. So that is that for the MLS Cup. Hopefully, you guys keep following it. Uh, I think we are watching really, really good soccer here in the MLS. So just stay up with it and just keep watching it. All right. So, <coughs> um, as you can tell by the tone of my voice, um, it has been a really, really weird day. Uh, not only because, well, I mean, it's just a really, really weird day. But because the world has lost a legend of the sport. Um, and these are going to be my two cents uh, regarding this matter. Um, I guess you can say like my reaction to the death of Diego Armando Maradona. Who has um, like indirectly touched the life of basically everybody that has ever played, watched done anything with a soccer ball and, and it's just weird because you know I have it like because you don't know how to react and then and then people ask you like you know like one of the first things I got on Twitter was like you know I'm not, like and I'm sorry message from from a guy from you know from from a friend he was like you know I'm sorry for your loss and I was like whoa like I didn't know I was you know I didn't know I was like close to this guy like he was like that I was supposed to feel sorry for, um, but then kind of thinking about it, it like it it does feel like, and you know I've been watching a lot of like videos and a lot of um, like news channels from Argentina, a lot of sports channels and stuff like that, and and a lot of people obviously are saying you know nice things about the guy, and just everything that he basically meant to the, to the people, and and not only to the people but to the country itself, like. Um, people don't realize that, you know, Argentinians are, they, you know, they are who they are today because of what Maradona did back in 86. And I know we did have a cup in 78, but 86, 86, 86 was such much, so much more for, for the country because, because of everything that involved, and and that's what I kind of wanted to talk about. I mean, I kind of hinted about it today in a tweet, 
um, if you go to my Twitter, you can see it. It's like a like a four or five thread uh, tweet um, that I basically kind of gave a background. You know, it's everybody personally has a different view of how they see him and how they see him impacting our lives. So a lot of people were saying, you know, uh, thank you for impacting you know my life or whatever. You know, I'm or you know some something in that you know thing or whatever. Um, but I wanted to talk about how you know why I believe he impacted my life. So in a weird way, because it, it you know me being kind of like a history nerd, um, it kind of I I kind of bring history into this because Argentina, obviously, you know the the country has like it's over a hundred years old or whatever, and then back in the seventies, late seventies. If I'm not mistaken, 76, uh, we came under the military dictatorship, military dictatorships. Just for context, I was born in 92, so I did not live through any of this. And to be honest, I don't think I've ever seen Maradona play uh, a full match. Um, I'm sure I have when I was a kid because he was still playing when I was a young, young, young kid. In Argentina, and he even played for Boca when I was still a young kid in Argentina. But I, you know, I was too young to maybe understand. Um, it's funny because today I was talking to my kids. My kids are, you know, four, three, and six months. And I was just talking to my six month old while I was changing her diaper and telling her, like, you know, you're going to grow up in a world without Maradona. Which is stupid, you know, when you say it like that because, you know, he's just another human being. But when you talk about the sport that we, that like we, we love as Argentina, you know, and I'm going to say this a lot as Argentinians and as Argentinians because we are very proud people. Um, I always tell my parents, like, the worst thing that you could have done to me was bring me to Texas because. You know, first of all, I'm Argentinian, and like Argentinians are proud as shit. Like, like we are proud to the max. Then I am a Boca Juniors fan. Like, we are proud of our colors to the fucking death. And then she brought us to, you know, my parents brought us to the United States of America. You could not find a people more proud than Americans, like for their country. And then to cherry on top you throw us in texas like one of the i mean the state to be proud of like i think texans are prouder than of texas than anything else in, in this world and so i just happened to be dipped in all the different like the worst the world the world's worst egos like that a human being could possibly be dipped on and that kind of in a way influenced the way that I see life and the way that I talk and the way that I act and the way that I think that I'm better than other people you know it's nothing to be proud of but you know that's just my personality when I talk and you know you can hear it and stuff like that you know something that I'm not proud of but at the same time is like I'm proud of my colors I'm proud of being Argentinian I'm proud of being Bostero, I'm proud of being a Texan, and you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I am proud to be an American, even though that I'm not. But you know, I kind of consider myself kind of like half American, even though the government uh, basically doesn't want me to be here. I mean, long story, but whatever. Um, 
But, you know, being an immigrant, I still kind of feel part of this country in a way, you know? And then, so going back, Argentina goes falls into a di- dictatorship in 76. And then they were a bunch of motherfuckers, basically. You know, I'm sorry if you're listening with kids or whatever. But they're dickheads. Like, you know, they were killing people that opposed them. Um, a lot of, you know, people disappeared uh, from their homes just because they were against them. You know, you couldn't say anything about them because they would kill you. You know, a dictatorship. And then to make it worse, they were military dictatorships. So, you know, it was like the most powerful with the most powerful weapons. And they had control over everything. And then uh, year 82. So we win the first World Cup 78 in Argentina. Um, And then, you know, but that was like a different time. And then in 82, there's like a change of power from one dictator to the next. And then these motherfuckers decide that it's a good idea to... So in Argentina, or not in Argentina, but like in the Atlantic, there's two islands that are like miles away from, you know, the mainland. I want to say like 200 miles or so. It might be more, I don't know. But they're pretty, you know, sizable islands where actually there's not a lot of anything that grow on them because they're like mountains, Mountainous uh, islands. I might be wrong, but this is what I remember. I'm going off my bem- kind of like by memory of what I read a little bit. And then on '82, they were like, "Hey, you know what? Those islands belong to us, to Argentina. So they're actually under British rule uh, since like the 1800s. Uh, they were, you know, part of the the colony that you know the empire. Then the sun never sets <laughs> time." You know, where England freaking owned the earth, basically. And, you know, that was one of their colonies that they had back in the day. And we decided, or not we, but they decided to go and try to get those back. And they went and they invaded. They invaded the two islands. And, you know, what did England... With, with the, actually, with the idea, they invaded the islands with the idea that, that England was just going to be like, okay, you want the two islands? You know, here you go. You know, here's the, here's the two islands, take them. But then, if you're going to, you know, you turn, this is turning into not a soccer podcast, but I'll, I'll get to it, I promise. So then, you know, if, you, if you're just going to start giving up land as a country, then eventually, you know, every country is going to want to take over, you know, whatever land you may have owned anywhere else. So they were like, you know, we can't make this an example of us being scared to a country and giving them whatever they want. So they decided to bring, you know, a destroyer ship or whatever and just basically park it out there and be like, hey, like, if y'all don't get out, you know, we're going to start bombing. And, you know, Argentinians being Argentinians and being proud. And then on top of that, being under dictator rule, under a, an asshole of a person uh, who nowadays everybody in his fucking power group has been charged with like crimes against humanity and all this shit nowadays um you know most of the motherfuckers are dead either way um and they were like no we're not gonna give anything back so obviously a war kind of started uh it wasn't a war that it wasn't declared by any of the two countries but it was an undeclared war that started about that and i think it was like 10 weeks 70 some days or something. I don't know. Uh, but it was a while. It was a while. 
um, that they just went at it. Um, and, and it was England, the most powerful country in the world, with the biggest guns, backed by the democracy of the United States in the 80s, by, you know, you know, Chile helped them out. That's why there's a lot of resentment between Argentinians and Chileans nowadays. Because, and that's when you see it, you know, because the Chileans kind of were a landing strip for them, for their for their planes, for English planes. And they were like a base, a military base kind of to, to, to against Argentina. Um, and then, but the thing is that we were sending, I think... Around 700 Argentinians ended up dying in this war. Um, that it might not be a big number, but to you know, one life is one too many. Basically, um, I want to say like 300 British people died or soldiers died um, also in this war, and you know, a thousand people too many. Basically, you know, one too many, um, and it was just just a shit show because. It was in the dead of winter. They were sending young kids to fight a war that was unnecessary. That nobody asked for. Uh, for land that it was more for pride than for anything else. And come to find out years later, they didn't have ammunition. They didn't have proper gear. They didn't have proper anything to be in a war. In a war zone. So basically, we were just picking up kids or soldiers that had enlisted or maybe not enlisted, but, you know, just kind of brought on and be like, go fight a British guy, uh, a guy that, you know, has been serving his whole life in the military, that has the latest equipment in, you know, military and all this. And basically, they just went to die. Um, a lot of them came back not doing well. Um, you know, PTSD now we know is a big thing, but that was the the the, the war that kind of started the hate for the for the British as Argentinians. And to this day, we, I mean, not me, but Argentinians kind of hate a little bit uh, British just because of that. It's just because it's ingrained into like our culture that we have to hate them. Um, if you do research, you understand that it was like stupid and it was unnecessary. Um, but that they, the way that they they sold this, you know, the the people, the higher ranking people sold it to the people was is them versus us. Even though what they're trying to do is just like fill their pockets up with money. Basically, it wasn't, you know, it, they weren't fighting for the people. They were fighting for their pockets, and they didn't care to send kids to a war that was unnecessary. But then, fast forward four years later, 1986, Maradona shows up, the biggest name in the fucking world when it comes to soccer, and then he goes, and then quarterfinals, if I'm not mistaken, he goes in, and not only he is playing for to win a game, not only is he playing for a World Cup, not only is he playing... To fulfill a dream that there is a video running around the world that has been running around of Maradona when he was a child. He's probably a teenager. Uh, I don't know, 14, 15 years old maybe. Maybe younger. And 
they ask him two questions. He's in the middle of a field in his neighborhood, and they ask him, hey, what are, what's your dream? And he's like, I have two dreams. One, to play in a World Cup. My second dream is to win the World Cup. And he does it. He goes out there, and, you know, everybody knows these two goals against the British. And I think if you're Argentinian, it's like one of those things that you have, like, Stetched, stetched, no, stitched into your heart, uh, just because you are so proud that somebody with your same nationality and the same colors that you represent, you know, when you fucking you watch, I don't know, a tennis match, you know, from Schwartzman, you know, an Argentinian, or Juan del Potro. Or whoever, whatever sport, we might be, like, Argentinians could be playing ping pong. We're going to wear, we're going to wear these two colors. Like, we're going to. And anybody that is Argentinian in a five-mile radius has the duty to put on the jersey and go support him. Be whatever it be. If you ever watch the U.S. Open, a tennis mat, tennis tournament, when an Argentinian plays... It's a fucking party. And it's it's probably not what the sport wants. And I would hate when some... Like, even... Well, I mean... I don't remember now, but an Argentinian won the the U.S. Open, uh, the, um, the golf tournament uh, a few years back. It was in, you know... I forgot his name. But, like, the whole country, like... They, they didn't stop, but it was, like, such a... Like honor to beat you know the americans in their own game type of thing you know because like we're supposed to hate imperialism and all this shit uh because of that same thing and and it's just like you know argentinians are so proud to be argentinians that will support argentinians no matter what and then you go to a world cup the biggest stage in the world and the biggest sport in the world and you scored the two most grandiose maybe one was cheating maybe not uh, but the two most recognizable and grandiose goals of fucking history of the sport. And they are against the British. The people that have caused so much pain in your homeland. And, you know, indirectly, but they did it, you know? And it's just like, fuck. Like, he represents every single person that died. Like, he represents... Are like Argentinian people saying, you know, fuck you, basically, to, to the world. And, like, you know, you sent us to die and you killed us. And we are beating you in the game that you created, basically. We, you know, we are killing you with these two goals. And we're going to go to the final and we're going to fucking win it all. And we beat West Germany and we... He literally, there's a song that says, like, he, like, he drowned, no, he didn't drown, but, like, he's prayed or ground with glory. Like, he glorified the ground, like, the soil, the Argentinian soil, by bringing a fucking war. And this is, like, this is what you have to understand about Argentinians. Like, we live, and like I said, this is probably going to get fucking annoying, me saying Argentina, Argentina, but, like, we this sport is like I was kicking a ball when I was three. Like there's pictures of me being like two, three years old with a full 
Argent like Boca Juniors kit on because it is so ingrained in our culture that our language, like even the way that we talk, kind of goes like it's it's ingrained into the sport. Like I don't, I really don't know. Like some people, some like people have said ridiculous things with you know with Maradona. Some people have said you know. Losing Maradona is like losing one of my parents. Like losing Maradona, like I feel the same pain I feel now as when my mom died. And even my own mother, she was like, that's fucking ridiculous. Like, why would you say that? You know, she obviously doesn't feel like, and it's funny because like she also feels the sport like we do, you know, because people would think, oh, you know, women are different. And of course, we know now that women are fucking more capable than us. I mean, at least in this country, like, you see it, like, they're more capable of playing soccer than the guys, um, but, you know, people think, you know, I don't know, they see, uh, soccer as a, as a men's sport, you know, usually, not now, now it's changing, but, like, women in Argentina are, are fucking more passionate if, you know, they're equally passionate in the sport as men, and, and, like, it's just crazy. Like the first picture that came out today of somebody crying at La Bombonera was of a woman holding a fucking eight-year-old child. Like it's crazy because this man like went over like barriers of like social status, gender, um, nationality. Like I've seen people from Brazil get tatted his name from brazil where they're supposed to hate us we're we well we hate basically argentinians hate anybody that is not argentinian basically and they are our enemies they're our south american enemies yet they idolize our idol like you have pele i want you to idolize pele like type of thing you know like you wouldn't you you wouldn't want to be in argentina caught dead idolizing pele you know but it's just one of like those are the sentiments, the feelings that this man brought, and it's just weird because another story or another thing that they you sh- you see a lot and you see the passion is whenever we played uh, World Cup in Italy, and he's playing in Italy, and I believe he is playing in uh, Napoli. Argentina is playing Italy, I believe, in Napoli. So, you know what, I'm, I'm sure you know by now, but Napoli is like his second home, basically. It's like his home away from home. He became the greatest European player in Italy, in Napoli. And Napoli, Maradona is a fucking, like, is a god, you know? Like, if you're Argentinian and you go to Napoli, they love you just because of him. And that was 30 years ago, basically. And... Not only they they changed the name of the stadium now, but back in the day, so you know before we woke up, both teams get on the field and they sing their national anthem. And whenever they were singing or playing the Argentinian national anthem, a lot of people were booing and and you know whistling or whatever. And you can see the passion on Maradona's face when he is. Cursing the shit out of the Italians for being such ungrateful motherfuckers, basically. Um, and it's such a 
and like the 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 curse word itself it just kind of brings you brings a smile to your face because you're like that is such an argentinian curse that you're like this is like argentinian to the max like it's it, it's crazy he says hijos de remil putas like 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 you sons of a thousand bitches like and it's like it's it's like one of those you know like when you like hit your toe and you're like fuck and like it's something that comes from like deep within in your soul and your heart because you feel it and like you feel like every part of you you know says that word with like all the four letters and you pronounce every letter because there's so much emotion and you can see that video like he has so much so much emotion uh into Christian the mile because at that at that specific moment in time he hated the Italians for a split second and that's what we all felt and this was crazy but I mean I don't know what else I mean, I couldn't done anything else but to, I don't know. And then, on top of everything, he's a Boca Juniors fan. Um, I'm a Boca Juniors fan. So, like, our bond grills stronger. And, and it's crazy because today, even River Plate fans were showing up to La Bombonera wearing their River gear. And people were hugging and kissing, like... You know, it doesn't matter who you who you go for. Like, it doesn't matter who you support. No, it doesn't matter how much I hate you tomorrow. Today, I love you because the one person that brought love or brought glory to the land that we live in. Because believe it or not, till this day, we are favorites to win every World Cup because we won the World Cup in 86. Think about that. Think about that. Think about Argentina what Argentina has done after 86. They made it to two finals. And that's that. Like one was what? Back in the. I think it was like 90. Right? In Italy. And then the other one was just the recent one in, in Brazil. 14. But in between that. We have been kicked out. In the first round a couple of times. We have made it to. Uh. Octavos de final, whatever it's called, rounds of 18, whatever, quarterfinals. And not much. I mean, yes, we have Messi and we have probably the greatest names in the sport. But Argentina hasn't won a title since I've been alive. The last title Argentina has won has been in 1991 with the major. I mean, we won the. The Olympics, but he was like sub 23, under 23. But I was born 92. The last cup we won, like the major Argentinian team, it was 1991. Me, myself, I'm 28. I've never seen Argentina lift a trophy. Like, until this day, we are still considered the best. Like, one of the best teams in the whole world. Like, country-wise, right? And it's just crazy. Like, it's crazy because... That's because of what he did in 86. Like, it's like the world is expecting a glimpse of Maradona to come sometime in this new age. 
And we kind of seen it in Messi, but, you know, he's always missing that little bit. And then, like I said, he's a Boca fan. And being a Boca fan is, like, one of the greatest things, like, I could have had a... a could have ever asked for like I grew up in the golden age of Boca and I saw kind of like the transition between Maradona and Riquelme and like Riquelme and then kind of transitioning it out um, into like the Devis type era um, but Maradona has always been there he, like you knew you knew that if Boca was playing Libertadores and La Bombonera he was going to be in the stadium and it was like It was like a must that it was going to happen for sure. I don't know. It's just weird. It's crazy. It's crazy that Maradona is dead. But I guess that's life, right? But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and cut it off here. I really don't know what to say. Um, I just think it's crazy that a man, like, he's going to be immortalized forever. Like, Think about it. Think about what this man has meant for our sport. Like, the sport that we love so much. And, like, yes, today we are Houston Dynamo fans or whatever team you are on the MLS. But at the end of the day, like, like the love for the sport. Like, you can see a man or a woman or who the fuck ever. A fucking dog playing with a ball. Any and anywhere you can be in a fucking mountain, you can be in the desert, you can be in I don't know, you can be in the ocean. And you see somebody with a ball, you're gonna go and you're gonna kick it and they're gonna kick it back to you and then if we have to we'll take off our shoes or whatever and we make some goals out of it and we'll go one on one if we have to. But like it and this is why this is the most beautiful sport sport in the world and nobody nobody will convince me otherwise nobody cuatro cuatro dos thank you guys for listening thank you guys for paying attention to the to the rant and i'll see you guys next time we'll talk a little bit more mls and hopefully next year can start already because i'm already tired of this 2020 so deuces <laughs>